Welcome to the Block Exploring Podcast, your first step into the world of crypto and blockchain. The Block Exploring Podcast is your one-stop place to find quick, clear, and unbiased information on everything in the crypto space. Our goal is to help you grow familiar with the crypto space by growing along with us as we go on our crypto journeys. Follow at Block Exploring on Twitter for our newest uploads and our publishing schedule. We, here at Block Exploring, are crypto enthusiasts working hard towards becoming experts. Today's podcast is presented by co-hosts Tommy and Elias. Find us on Twitter under at Squared and at Potoko Crypto. Right now you can find us on Spotify and YouTube. Before we start the episode, we would like to inform you that we are not financial advisors. Therefore, nothing said in this podcast should be considered financial advice. Always contact your financial advisor before making any investment. With that said, sit back and enjoy today's podcast. What's up, Block Explorers? Welcome to episode 5 of the Block Exploring Podcast, News Bites. Today we'll be talking about the imminent altcoin season, some Doge mania, uh, the institutions versus DeFi, and some talks about regulation. Now let's kick it off with the imminent altcoin season. Tommy? Yeah, hey, Block Explorers. Hope you're doing all well, you know. Hope you're all ready for altcoin season. Yeah, are you excited for that, Elias? I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty exciting. I mean, we might be in the midst of it any like by now, but by all by a lot of accounts, it's uh, imminent, right around the corner type beat. You know, coming very soon. It seems like people, you know, need to strap up and get ready for this altcoin season. And a lot of people are sort of saying that it's around the corner because the altcoin market cap just flip, flipped its previous cycle high. And um, the last time this happened, uh, the market gained uh, 27,000%, which is a pretty, pretty insane when this last happened in 2017. It's not... To say that this is definitely going to happen, this, you know, this cycle or whatever, but there's a potential and there tends to be an altcoin season every bull cycle and we might be, you know, near that. It might be happening. That's true. And especially with like kind of the the poster boy of the altcoins being like Ethereum, if -hmm. you can consider it an altcoin. It's uh, interesting Another to see debate. how much that shot up. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting to see how that shot up and how that kind of carries other altcoins as well. You see mm-hmm. so much more trust being put into, you know, like smaller projects, and it's definitely also something that a lot of people are getting duped out of. I, I read an article about something. Uh, I, I don't recall the exact name, but it was like one of those, um, yeah, exit schemes that happened recently. It was pretty large. Damn. because it's getting close to altcoin season and scammers are feeling this as well mm-hmm. so you know the field yeah people be careful we always say this people be careful but you're right eth is super bullish at the moment like with the london hard fork coming up i feel like uh, yeah. yeah eth is on some bullish momentum at the moment and with bitcoin sort of staggering dominance at the moment like we can see it's just you know stagnating around the 50k 53k mark you know a lot of that money is i think being funneled into altcoins and which is pretty exciting for the space in general and for 
other projects you know people have been holding bags for a long long time so it'll be nice to see yeah. some massive gains for you know others in the space other projects and yes help spur that development that's true and there's also a lot of development happening within the altcoin space right now just a lot of projects coming up with new major updates mm -hmm. and revisions and it's just uh it's kind of like uh you know the perfect combination of new influxes and you can right. see indeed what what you said about bitcoin uh a lot of bitcoin was brought to the exchange so that means that swaps are happening mm -hmm. bitcoins getting cashed out that kind of stuff so yeah, yeah definitely would you have any Alt tips you know when uh when for people who are looking into altcoins like what they can sort of look out for and what they should keep in mind when you know looking into an altcoin to buy into um yeah i think it depends there's two moves um mm -hmm. that i do um you have short term and long term right that's the main two that i right. use uh short term i'd say look at something with a lot of updates coming with a good solid team you know mm -hmm. with a bit of a track record hopefully if they worked through like the the bear market that tends to be like a nice um yeah like a nice suggestion towards how committed they are to the project and um invest in something like that i would say uh because that will get a lot of initial hype especially during like a, a like the momentum the altcoin sector has right now uh and then for long term it's really about personally i look at uh you know like the battle of the chains that's going on right now so like um ethereum competitors ethereum itself i think the interoperability is like a big thing that needs to be kind of fought over you know who's going to be the the provider of this and uh that's why i look into kind of larger altcoin projects in like the top 10 top 20 for like really holding long term uh, examples are like cardano and then right now i've been looking more at tokens that are have like an easy use case uh, something like a litecoin something like a bitcoin cash you've been you've seen them fly up i was tweeting about it uh, reaching all-time highs like litecoin and uh, these kinds of tokens have a real use, but they have like an easy operability for transactions. And that's why, uh, yeah, I kind of say, look at those projects for long-term investments. Mm -hmm. The more the space becomes like, you know, usable, the more it becomes like widely accepted, the more these tokens I think will have value and actual use. All right. How about you, Tommy? Well, yeah, I think that's great advice. And in general, I just, you know, like to advocate for people to do their own research and also invest in things that they're interested in, like find their niche that they're interested in the space and like, you know, get behind projects that they can really, you know, understand and get behind. And uh, like mm -hmm. you just said, do your research in terms of the team and their track history. That's really important. And in terms of how I like to invest in the crypto space, um, I try to stay away from projects that kind of base themselves as like currencies and that's mm -hmm. their sole purpose i mean i know that's that's a lot of coins that you know fall into that category and that's totally fine for people to jump into those things mm -hmm. but the projects i tend to be interested are in are projects that are networks you know that have a wide wide um, range of use cases and capture value at the network level 
So, mm -hmm. for example, let's say, you know, in Web 2.0, the value capture is in the projects that are built onto the Internet, right? The value, you don't, the Internet itself doesn't make money. Facebook makes money and uh, other companies make money that are built on the Internet. But what's nice about Web 3.0 and these networks like Ethereum, uh, Cardano, and uh, you know Solana, Polkadot, the value capture is actually taking place on the network, the network level itself. And you know I find those those types of projects very interesting to um, invest in and beneficial to invest in because you know the projects that then end up getting built on top of these networks, when those do well, the network does well. You feel? Yeah. So that's yeah, sort yeah. of my sort of thinking in terms of like where I like to invest and that. I mean, no financial advice here. Absolutely no financial advice on our podcast. But, you know, this is, you know, some insight in terms of, you know, how me and Alias might be thinking about going, through, you know, about our investments in the space. And yeah. I guess something to say about that is, uh, you know, this, in, this crypto space, crypto blockchain space is very narrative driven. You know, so mm -hmm. that's definitely something to, to look out for when you want to be, you know, looking into projects like which projects fit into the current narrative that people are, you know, really hyped out about. You know, there was DeFi summer. Everyone was hyped about DeFi. DeFi was like booming, you know, DeFi coins yeah. and all that. And there there is a moment where there was just like, alt, you know, and anything that was like Bitcoin, something, right? Bitcoin cash, Bitcoin diamond, Bitcoin gold or whatever, you know, yeah. something that Bitcoin in the beginning, like that narrative was a, you know, those coins were booming at some point. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely important to watch out for narratives in the space. Definitely. And also one of the things that I had to learn the hard way um, was, sure, the, the tech might be amazing, you know, the long-term vision might be amazing, but it's if you want to make a profit, it's really look at what people, how people value it, not mm -hmm. just how you value it. If you think it's like a masterpiece, I mean, maybe put some in, but if you, if there's zero traction, if people aren't buying it, you know, if people don't share your opinion, then you have to just make that call. You yeah. know, uh, look at projects that are getting attention and that have a solid technical basis. I mean, and also be very careful because right now I'm, I'm, uh, I've put some money into Doge. I'm writing that out until Saturday Night Live hits. But I'm selling right before because I've made a nice profit. I'm not going to get too jaded mm -hmm. about uh, the potential. But looking at what I've actually gotten. And that's something you have to watch out for, I think. Uh, second part is don't be too greedy. You know, like, sure, Doge could hit a buck doge could hit 20 bucks and we'd all be insanely rich you know but it might happen at some point but it, it surely won't happen in the next week you know mm -hmm. so just keep an eye on it maybe put some very low allocations into it if you think it's going to happen but don't expose yourself don't buy the hype yeah That's try your hardest not to fomo people yeah try yeah. hard not to fomo just invest with uh, you know your research that you've done and I think it's a good rule of thumb to invest in things that generally have, you know, some use case to it. And it's mm -hmm. not a, it's not a meme, but, you know, respect <laughs> the meme. You know, I get it. I respect the pump and the meme. But yeah. uh, now that we are on Doge, 
maybe we can talk about Doge Mania. You know, That's Doge Mania point. is pretty wild right now, and you know everyone's talking about Doge. Everyone, their mom, Nan, and everyone is talking about Doge. <laughs> All media is can seems to be talking about is Doge. And uh, yeah, I just wanna you know maybe discuss if how what is this for the the crypto blockchain space? Like, is it maybe harmful? And yeah, let's like few headlines could you know that have come up in the last week include you know how Elon has now been uh, sort of walking back and cooling down his uh, hyping up of Doge, and uh, you know he tweeted yeah. out that crypto is promising, but you know you shouldn't be you know, putting your whole life savings into it, just like, you know, everyone chill kind of tweet. And uh, yeah. yeah, he's set to host Saturday Night Live um, quite soon. Is it tomorrow as of recording? Yeah, I think uh, it's yeah, tomorrow. The yeah, mm -hmm. it's uh, Saturday, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, speculators hope that it'll pump to one buck. That's the sort of meme, right? Doge to one, one dollar. Well, I've been seeing now Doge $10. Yeah. But we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. You know, our Doge is going ham on the you know, $10 meme, but yeah, let's see if it can hit $1 before everyone dumps. Let's yeah. see. I mean, maybe I'm pessimistic. I don't respect the meme enough, but I like the meme, but I, I don't know, you know. No, I, I agree. And I think it, it's potentially, um, there, there is a danger to what's happening right now with Doge. If you mm -hmm. go on, um, well, any social media app, to be honest, but especially mm -hmm. something like TikTok, you can see these, these, investment gurus right. who you know talk about crypto and how they're making money um talk about doge as if it will make you rich guaranteed and sure it's very appealing to especially really young people i guess it's a very accessible token like i said in the previous podcast it's just uh yeah. people understand the you know doge they understand it is money they have no clue what it does or you know what it's mm -hmm. based on but it's an easy accessible you get into it you understand it it's definitely you know important to note though that you should watch out to with buying doge that there's a 50 percent uh 50 of the total ongoing liquidity in doge is held by like five people and of course that it doesn't have like fundamentals mm -hmm. so definitely watch out for that and especially it's it's the coin right now you know and if it um it can potentially activate something of a in my opinion it could take away a lot of trust in the crypto space should something go massively wrong should a lot of new investors get absolutely dumped on yeah it can have some ramifications for you know the future of the kind of this bull run it might put a stump on it even i would say if uh, if the losses that are incurred are too harsh yeah, it hope. might demotivate people. It might generate a lot of negative press, mm. and that might, you know, result in an in an overall decline. Yeah, I hope not. That that would suck completely. You know, if Doge were to set into motion that kind of negativity, but yeah. Yeah, you know, I just hope you know people are just aping into into doge you know putting a lot of money into doge and i new investors even you know people who don't usually invest you know they think doge is a quick buck you know but mm -hmm. it's uh yeah i just hope these people don't get burned and then they never you know they're kind of burnt and they stray away from investing in cryptos you know as a whole because they've been burnt so that's just like uh, not great for the space you know if 
the one time someone jumps in, you know, just to try their luck, I guess, in this case. Yeah. And they get burned and they just don't end up returning and being a part of the, you know, our, the space for a long time because of that, you know. And I yeah. fear that, you know, people might take Doge as a representation of the space yeah. and not and fail to really see, you know, all the innovation and other cool projects that are happening, you know, in the in the crypto blockchain space. And they just see Doge and then they're going to attribute like all these cryptos to just this like meme, meme, like, oh, funny money, digital currency, you know, type thing. Yeah. So that's, you know, I think like yeah, real ones like who are really down to learn about the space, you know, they'll get it. But yeah, for a vast majority of people who might get burnt on Doge, hopefully not, you know, I mean, most definitely some people yeah. are going to get burnt, but yeah, hopefully not too much. I think it's it's definitely the token with the most kind of mainstream media attention right yeah, now. Yeah, the moment because this Elon and you know many people like it's not just Elon Musk. It's uh, you know Gene Simmons like Cuban from KS, and... Cuban from K, uh, from the Mavericks. It's just uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of people and Meek Mill as well invested a ton into a That's ton. I'm not for him a ton, but like a lot of money into uh, into Doge. So it's it's not just like yeah. Elon pumping it up, but. Uh, a lot of people are pumping it up, which, you know, I guess for people who are crypto natives, they're just like, uh, they might feel a way about it, might not feel a way about it. But um, yeah, I guess the flip side of this is that like, yeah, maybe Doge is a, Doge is a meme coin, but it actually could have some like use cases. Like, you know, TikTokers yeah. and sports fans, they might, you know, there might be some use cases for Doge if it's being used as like this, uh, the money for the internet, you know, like with the Mavericks. Yeah. They offer like a lot of their products, you know, in Doge. So if more people, you know, like, you know, influencers or TikTokers, people on Instagram, like these kinds of people who are, well, internet natives, you know, YouTubers and that they like, mm -hmm. you know, want to accept Doge and it becomes more of a thing. Like, yeah, then, then that's, it's whatever. Every, then, you know, collectively as a whole, many people have accepted accepted that this is something of value and they're going to accept it and who are we to say anything about that yeah no it's true i saw i saw a meme about doge uh, like mm -hmm. oh it's just uh you know fiduciary and uh it doesn't have any real value and then you see like the, the federal reserve kind of like <laughs> shying in the, in yeah. the background like, yeah oh, i think shit. i've seen the they same meme. <laughs> <laughs> when people it's when people wake up it's gonna be real <laughs> yeah it's an unregulated version of the of the dollar, you could say. Yeah. It has the exact same, you know, it's just trust that you put into it. Right. I mean, so, two doge is worth more than uh, the US dollar <laughs> at the moment. That is true. So at take that. Take that USD. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't come for us. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of coming for us and the regulations like you know this is very important to consider in the crypto blockchain space like a lot of governments don't mm -hmm. know how to regulate the crypto blockchain space and many governments are trying to do this trying to do that like and uh yeah who, this regulation of the crypto blockchain space is just going to be a fact and it's just going to be yeah. ever evolving because it's a new emerging technology people need to figure it out and we want to talk about today two different types of regulations that have been come about in the yeah. in the last week so it's the central bank of iran 
uh, you know, banned trading of cryptocurrencies mined outside of the country, namely Bitcoin. Yeah. And um, yeah, so they announced this last Thursday through their um, news outlet, Iran International. And the ban, I think, attempts to stymie you know, capital flight from the country that could be attributed yeah. to, you know, the depreciation of their national currency. They've already banned the use of cryptocurrency as payment, right? While, you know, the country's yeah. financial institutions are free to use it to um, essentially pay for, for imports. But yeah, I feel like it's just hyper... I mean, it's very clear to me. I mean, it's clear to me here. I Well, this is my opinion that I think that it's, uh, it's quite ironic that, you know, they would then regulate Bitcoin and all that because they're them, themselves as a country putting Bitcoin on their balance sheet to circumvent all these sanctions and and you know yeah. benefit from what you know the decentralized aspects of Bitcoin and anonymity of Bitcoin allows you know yet they are going yeah. to not allow for their citizens to reap the same the same you know benefits of that and yeah that's true. that's a very limited amount of Bitcoin, I imagine people are then going to be able to buy. You know, I don't know how much Bitcoin is being mined or cryptocurrencies are being mined in Iran. But yeah, it just seems like, yeah, just a lot of uh, not niceness for the yeah. you know citizens of Iran. There's definitely also something to say about like, you know, this, this banning of crypto. I had a thought about this this past week is um, if you want to make something illegal, there has to be a harm, you know, mm. and the harm here is that uh, they want to prevent capital flight. But if there's a way more efficient or a way more like, I don't know, democratic way of using and owning money, it's crypto. Yeah. So it's kind of what is the exact harm here is what you can ask yourself. And will this really carry on or is just the moment that mass adoption happens? That these bans will kind of succeed, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I think it's an important consideration mm -hmm. for sure, for sure. And I don't know if this just, you know, plays into you know governments regulating crypto and blockchain in a way that like you know they can extract the most benefit from it, whilst you know trying to micromanage you know how they might lose from it. And yeah. you know, in the I think in the end, especially with emerging technologies, like you can't halt innovation, and people are going to yeah. find a way to circumvent this. And in the end, like you know, if if the institutions at hand don't change, you know, to adopt to you know what happened, you know, what's possible with these emerging technologies, then either they ba they've banned themselves out and they've banned uh, their citizens, which is uh, very unfortunate. You know, in any case, when a beneficial emerging, you know, technology is banned from a large proportion of people. Yeah. But I think also, it, for me, it kind of has the, the these crypto bans that governments mm -hmm. do recently has kind of the same um, aftertaste as something like JP Morgan did in the past where they talked down on crypto, anything mm -hmm. uh, alternative currency, yep. why is anything blockchain? And then they come out with an ETF and right. with their own token. You yeah. know, it, it seems like let's dissuade everyone, let's make the market bearish mm -hmm. so we create opportunity for ourselves. Yeah. And I feel a very similar kind of vibe coming from all these countries banning these tokens. Oh, you can't use anything else. 
but then they're looking into it themselves. Yeah, hella sus. Very sus, if you it ask is sus. me. <laughs> Very <laughs> sus. Like, you know, in Turkey now, these uh, crypto exchanges with a pr- presence in Turkey, they'll now have to inform the Financial Crimes mm-hmm. Investigation Board of any transactions that are over 10,000 Turkish lira, which is like around 1,200 USD. Yeah, I mean, okay. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, which is weird. I mean, like a lot of crypto transactions are of, you know, around that amount. Like people trying to, yeah. like a ton of money gets moved through crypto exchanges. And I'm sure in crypto exchanges, they have a presence in Turkey. And it's just like, you know, they're trying, I feel like, a lot of these bands touch upon trying to, you know, take away from the, the benefits of work using cryptocurrencies, which is the yeah. anonymity and, you know, the decentralized nature of things and not have and having that level of privacy to some extent, depending on what currencies you use. And I guess it's very different when you have a exchange involved, centralized exchange involved. But yeah, I, yeah. I guess... It, to me, it just seems like, yeah, you know, governments who don't understand the space, trying to regulate the space in a way that's probably going to have to change later, you know. But I think yeah. Turkey is just having a rough time with crypto in general, like two weeks. This this is news coming after two weeks of a $150 million uh, fraud case in mm-hmm. with one of the major cryptocurrencies uh, exchanges in Turkey. So I think they're just trying to figure it out like everyone else. But, you know, maybe in my opinion, not getting it right, you know. Yeah. And I think also something uh, to take into account is that a lot of institutions are now starting to, you know, toy with crypto, trying to Mm -hmm. explore the space as well. And usually whenever a government undergoes like a big project, uh, example, just a random example here is like the this one I know of is is the Hong Kong Disneyland Park yeah. that was under uh, a deal a syndicated loan that was underwritten by three major banks, you know, okay. in, including uh, I mm-hmm. think it was uh, Manhattan. Uh, these kinds of banks are also now toying with crypto, and if governments will want to get these kinds of loans, get these kinds of underwriting get these kinds of arrangements from institutions, there is also a lot of power in the hands of institutions to force the change, right. you know, mm-hmm. by implementing it more themselves. Definitely. And that sort of brings us onto this discussion about institutions versus DeFi. And I think yeah. that's very interesting. You mentioned about how institutions might be able to, you know, influence the sort of regulatory changes in terms of crypto and blockchain. Especially, you know, when you see like big financial institutions such as Citigroup, you know, launching yeah. cryptocurrency services, you know, for its for its clients, you know, they've been talking about how there's just been an absolute surge in their clients wanting services, you know, that relate to cryptocurrency and Citibank's and Citigroup is not the only, you know, banking and financial institution that's dealing with this, you know, JP Morgan offering their ETF and you know, many, many other names in the U.S. and around the world are now offering, you know, crypto trading services for their for their for their clients because they know this is what some people want. A lot of people want. And if they're not going to get it from them, 
they're going to find a way to get it from somewhere else. And, you know, the more yeah. these big institutions sort of um, accept cryptocurrency and start, you know, dabbling in, you know, how they can, you know, extract value from, from it as well. I think yeah. the regulatory bodies will have to, will tend to succumb to, to, you know, these financial institutions, especially in America, but around the world, like financial institutions, the economy and money tends to be king. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think it's also um, something that we shouldn't underestimate is the kind of retail investor that doesn't care about um, the DeFi space, but cares about yeah. the profits that can be made from it. Mm -hmm. um, there's a big market here for these kinds of institutions to provide, like, you know, like a regular exchange does mm -hmm. a balance with which they can pay for their crypto, but they can use their credit card and they can buy it directly without needing to go through the more technical, uh, if you can call it technical aspect of creating their mm -hmm. own hard wallet or their own MetaMask. Um, where people who aren't as deeply invested into the crypto space and don't per se see the future in it, but just see the profits they can take from it as a major opportunity and as the main reason they're in it. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something that the institutions will play into, mm -hmm. I think. And that's this kind of the, the greed of the new investor. And I think that's where the the main money for them will be because the people who believe in DeFi they will not you know yeah it's like uh, a person who doesn't believe in the education system going to a teacher for advice All right, a person right. who doesn't believe in institutionalized banking will not go to a bank to say hey can I buy some crypto from you you know yeah so I think we're just gonna live in a world you know where there are these two sets of people you know people who want to stray away from centralized financial institutions and those people will gravitate towards DeFi and they'll reap, you know, the massive APY returns, you know, <laughs> that, that are there in DeFi, you know. And uh, there'll be those who want to, you know, go through the banks, go through, you know, other financial services to do that. And that's and that's fine, you know, if, you know, if that, I mean, that's, that's fine. I mean, you know, it depends who you ask, that's fine. But that, that should be a thing that's allowed, you know, in general, yeah. like, people you do what you want do what you feel comfortable with you know like your grandma is not going to start a metamask you know no I, I was listening to this this uh crypto youtuber today and he was saying yeah you know maybe when you're a grandma or grandpa everyone is going to have a metamask account and you know a private yeah. a wallet but now you know most people are just going to be comfortable making their investments through services that they've been comfortable with you know, for their whole life, you know, essentially. But it's, yeah, I mean, it's nice since, to see that like the both can coexist. Since like the 13th century banks have loved this system, you know. Exactly. So it's a big change. Exactly. But, you know, for people who are, you know, crypto natives, crypto savvy, and who are really willing to, you know, learn about decentralized finance and, you know, prescribe to the principles that, you know, underwrite that, like, I think there's such huge benefits. And I was tweeting today about how, you know, people should just try to learn about the crypto blockchain space and DeFi especially because, you know, the ROI on your time spent learning about that is going to be immense, I, I believe at least. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There's just a lot of opportunity. But I think that's 
all that happened in this week. I mean, so much more happened in this week, but there's only so much, you know, we can talk about, you know, in this mm-hmm. time frame. You know, let us know if you guys like longer time frames, but, you know, we'll see yeah. we'll, if we can make that happen. We're always open to feedback. You, know, you should let us know. Connect with us yeah. on social media at Block Exploring on Twitter, at, on Instagram as well. You know, Alias is at Otoku Crypto on Twitter. And I'm at Sabai Square on uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. So have a good uh, week and keep block exploring. Yep, take it easy.